Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest today is Heidi Lynch, star and co-creator of the, uh, the fantastic, the terrific new Amazon Prime series, Amazon Prime here in Blighty. Depends where you live. Use Google. Uh, avocado toast the series uh, as, a, as a big comedy fan this is a show that wears its uh, it, well, it shows its hand in, in its opening scene as we discuss big bold uh, often not I shouldn't say dirty it's not a carry on film but uh, yeah admirably out there very funny it's an intergenerational sex comedy uh, so we talk about the show and then Heidi, I found it really inspirational in terms of this is a thing I hear more and more of given what has happened. And I know it's not, I know it's not as always as easy as this, but um, her story is about going out there and making it happen yourself. So Heidi was a, an auditioning job, jobbing actor. And then had this realisation, well, maybe if I create things myself, then I am putting myself in control. And if this works, I will have the power, not in a not in a tyrannical sense, um, but in terms of calling the shots, making things that you want to make and being proud of rather than and this doesn't just uh, uh, this isn't just about acting. This is about all sorts of different jobs. But with acting, you can audition, and then you're at the the whims of the director and, and producer, and perhaps you're doing you're doing things you, you perhaps don't want to do, but you, you're you're thinking of the money and so on. And so, so I think certainly during lockdown, you, you, there's been more examples of this. People just just trying to do stuff themselves. And uh, and that's certainly what Heidi has done with this this wonderful show, Avocado Toast. Also, what's wonderful is each episode is fifteen minutes. And I I, I was chatting with my wife about this because she likes the videos on Instagram. And so I guess part of that is the is the thought that people with Avocado to, uh, Avocado Toast, you can dip in, you can watch an episode, dip out until later, or binge a few. Uh, anyway, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was very funny, very well made. I sort of felt that I'd got to know all the characters. Always the sign of a quality show when you feel you're part of the show yourself. Uh, and the way it's shot as well is is almost documentary style, as if you're eavesdropping on these mates and their their family members. Anyway, out now, Amazon Prime. This is not paid for content, but, but I always have to say that when I talk about Amazon Prime. 
because I've banged on about it on previous episodes. I think it's underrated. I think it's I think it's some tremendous stuff there. Amazon, if you want to, I will happily do pay for content. <laughs> um, anyway, the wonderful Heidi Lynch, very very likable, and I found her inspiring. So huge thanks, Heidi, and all the people who made it happen. Very grateful. Wonderful Heidi Lynch. Hey, Hi. how are you, Heidi? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I, 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 straight off the bat, it is unusual to see your face like this when I've just been watching the series. <laughs> yeah, it, that's always funny, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it's like I'm watching an episode and you're Andrew, <laughs> you're talking back to the camera. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. Well, th- uh, thank you very much. I'm, I'm very grateful for your uh, for your time. Yeah, I'm grateful to have a chat about the show. It's awesome to meet new people and get to have more conversations about it. So, well, I mean, st- I mean, straight off the bat, huge, huge congratulations. Um, I think with, with, with a show like this, and given given what I've read about you, um, I I'm sort of answering my own question here. But I know that you are quite rightly, especially proud of this, aren't you? Because you've put so much of your. It's not like a you know sometimes you might go for an audition and you get the part and you you get to invest a bit of yourself. But with this, you've put heart and soul into this, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, heart and soul and years and sweat. And, you know, it's it's um, it's very different to write and produce and act in something um, that you believe is an important story to share with the world versus, you know, having an audition for a commercial or to play a, um, a not always very well carved out female character. Like we really got to feel so empowered because all the representation of women on the screen in that show are, that's the way we want women to be seen. So yeah, it's um, beyond satisfying, really exciting. And it just like makes you want to make more work. I mean, I'm old enough and bald enough to remember where most, <laughs> most female, I mean, I can say, you know, this is, this is a fact, isn't it? But most female characters in TV shows or, or movies are either there to be saved in a comedy. They're often the one who's stopping the boys having their crazy fun. Um, I mean, sometimes they're not even two dimensional. They're the most one dimensional, but here you've, you've got a world where every single character, you know, I could, I could write their own biography based on, on what I've seen in the show. I mean, that must be so rewarding. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I was listening to a podcast today called story plus audience Um, and they used this term that I've really decided to take on and it's called flossom and it's, it's about, it's flawed plus awesome. And it's really like, that is what we as an audience want to see now. We don't want to see perfect characters living a perfect life. We want to see flawed, awesome people. And, um, You know, I obviously have a lot of women to thank before me, like Lena Dunham did a lot of heavy lifting and creating representation for imperfect young women. Um, And Phoebe Waller-Bridge from this country, obviously, you know, created Fleabag, which like my, my... 60 year old father sat in a basement at 5am and, and binge watched Fleabag. Like that blows my mind. Um, it doesn't because it's such a good show, but I just feel like flawed women are becoming more mainstream and we're all ready to go. Okay. Let's see some more interesting women who are dealing with a little bit more and who are not doing it all perfectly. Why do you think, 
I've chatted with um, with actors before about this. Why do you think? So, for example, there's there's, there's uh, I can think of Ellen Ripley, you know, the great Sigourney Weaver character in the Alien movies, yeah. and because she was such an amazing, again, fully rounded, three dimensional character, one would have liked to have hoped that this would have led to hundreds and hundreds of other characters like this. But the fact that she's often like the one. <laughs> Yep. Like the, one, the one character you can, you can pick out and it, and it took so many years and the fact that you were able to mention say Lena and uh, and, and Phoebe um, I mean it's sort of it's heartbreaking isn't it that, that we, there's, there's just so, so, so few examples absolutely and I am you know grateful that Alien was my mother's favorite movie and I've been watching the Alien movie since I was a little girl but also another Another movie that stuck with me was Thelma and Louise, obviously. There's another, and that movie made so much money. And Gina Davis actually has an institute called the Gina Davis Institute. And she made a documentary called This Changes Everything. And the um, impulse for her to make it was that that's what everyone said when Thelma and Louise came out. They're like two female leads who are imperfect anti-heroes, and the box office went crazy. This will change everything. It changed nothing. So it's yeah, there are these like these characters you can pull out that really seemed like they were going to change the course of the female narrative and then didn't. But it seems like right now there there's a really interesting burst of a lot of female storytelling. Um, you know, and, and obviously these other women paved the way for us to be able to do that. But yeah, it's just, I just don't want to play boring women ever again. I really don't. I was going to say, because with, with, with this show, I did not, and I'm not just trying to sound, I mean, I've, I've got two, I've got two young girls. I'm not trying to sound like the cool dad or anything, but I, I just took it all for granted. I didn't for once think, what? W- women in leading role, you know, you know what I mean? And that's, but that's where we need to be, isn't it? Where where the brain just doesn't even doesn't yeah. even think about it. It's just it just feels totally natural. Totally, and it's a human story. And I think if you start creating female characters with more depth, they will appeal to more men view- male viewers as well because it's a human story. <laughs> um, you know, men and women go through a lot of the same trials and tribulations, and we could learn a lot from each other. So. Um, just absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, and for a very long time, you know, women have sat back and watched the male experience in films and television, you know, all the badass cool characters were men, the men were the ones with the interesting lives and they would go home to their wives and their girlfriends or their prostitutes or the woman they're having the affair with, you know? And I just feel like, I think I think men are also starting to enjoy like maybe they're just bored maybe they're they're like yeah I want to watch female experience now because I've watched thousands of movies about a male experience but bottom line it's a human experience so yeah I, I know that um, I, don't, I don't think I don't think audiences believe that you just come up with an idea and a show gets made however I do know that for you personally this I mean this one has been years in the making hasn't it Yeah. And even for us, like, honestly, we had quite a blessed, charmed experience where we had a really, I mean, the writing of the show took longer because Perry and I had never done that before. And we were trying to figure out what we were trying to say and who we were trying to create. Um, And they were based on some true life stories. So that also added another level of if we were emotionally not feeling like thinking about something we were struggling with or 
you know, 12 hours a day writing, we needed to take breaks. But we had one really hard year where we got so many no's, so many no's that we were like, okay, but it was really one year of pushing to try to get funding. And then in the second year, we decided we were going to keep going anyway. In the second year, we just got a thousand yeses. Like everyone said yes, who had said no before all at the same time. And we were fully funded and we had our full budget. So we were just like, it was really surprising because it wasn't looking good there for a bit. And I honestly, I was ready to stop because I was just like, this served its purpose. This is all we were meant to do. No one wants this show. So, but then like Out TV came on board and championed us. And then we ended up getting funding by three huge funding bodies in Canada that fund digital content. And we were off to the races. Um, Yeah. But yes, it takes years. It takes years and years. Now I ask this. Now I ask this question as no one must ever see this. But I've, I've, I'll tell you, we're friends. I've, I'm, I'm the sort of person who has a vision board, right? So I'm, you know, whatever I'm sat here writing, I'm like, you know, you you can do this, James. Just, just believe in yourself. But what did, what did you do? You know, if you, if you've gone from, um, I'm close to throwing the towel in, to then all of a sudden, yes, yes, yes. What what changed for you there? Um, I mean, the for me, the most rewarding and wonderful part of all of this was connecting with people on the internet. And I have a really, you know, I, I go through days where I just want social media to be deleted from our existence. And I think it's poison and it's terrible. And then, and then when you have a hard time and you're part of a marginalized group, all of a sudden you can go on the internet and there's like all these little clubs and little channels and little support networks where all of a sudden you find people who are just like you or who are going through the same thing and you don't have to, there's some beauty to the anonymity of it not having to be your partner or your family or your best friends where you can go and hear someone else's experience. and. Every time I got a little message and, you know, direct message saying like, oh, that happened to me or that was me or thank you so much. Like it makes you want to try again because it just reminds you that the story is actually worth being told, even if it's not the most mainstream purchasable thing and you're not getting funding right away. Like maybe you actually do have a niche story that somebody somewhere needs to hear. And at the end of the day, like, you know, yes, artists need to make a living, but I don't think anybody goes into this to make a million dollars. You know, you go into it because you're passionate about storytelling or you, you know, I genuinely thought I could help the world by telling stories because, yeah, yeah. But that, you know, other people wanting the show to happen really helps if you're having a day where you're down on it and you think it's time to throw in the towel. Also, one thing I love about the show is it totally wears its heart on its sleeve. It shows its hand with the opening scene. It's not playing, you know, I mean, I'm always loathe to spoil anything, but obviously the opening opening scene in the van and, you know, imagine me sat watching it. It's like, oh, right, okay, they're in business, (laughs) right? Um, Because obviously some shows will play safe, safe, safe. Then maybe by episode four, you know, they might dare to take a risk. But I'm guessing that was a that was a deliberate move on your part, as if to say, we're off straight away. Yeah, and actually, we had written that in the script, 
And then somewhere along the lines, I can't remember if it was a story editor, it might have even been our director, someone cut it from the script. And we're like, we're not shooting that. And Perry and I were sort of like, okay. And then the funniest thing is we shot the entire show or in the editing process. And the first episode's just not sitting well with any of us. Like we're not getting into the vibe of this. Like it's just, it feels flat and boring. And then our director goes, I think we should open it with this. And I'm like, um, wasn't that in the script? He was like, yes, it was. So honestly, afterwards they had to do a reshoot. They went out and they reshot that. Like after we'd, months after we'd wrapped, they just went and reshot just that one little sequence and added it in. We were like, okay, yes. Now we, this is the tone of the show. Like we're, we're in the right world. Um, Yeah. Our director is wonderful. Her name's Sam Coyle. And there are many times where I fought for things and I was like, this has to stay in. And then two seconds before we shoot, I'm like, it's really redundant. You were right. We don't need to shoot this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's, that, that's, that, just, that to me sounded like a really healthy um, collaborative framework you've got there. I mean, I, I know people who've made shows and just out of sheer bloody mindedness, people won't back down or people won't admit they were wrong um but what you said there i mean that's that actually sounds like a a wonderful thing with 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 hindsight yeah yeah um our director is just so easy and wonderful to collaborate with we were very very lucky to have her on board um one thing i take away from your story as well is you you and to anyone listening and it's the thing that I, i always try and drum into my girls you've got to make it happen yourself haven't you because that's i mean that's what you've done you instead of passively and again there's nothing wrong with going for roles and and getting them of course but you've you've grabbed life by the scruff of the neck there haven't you absolutely and I do just implore any actor who is feeling helpless or lost to try to just get a part get to be a part of something that gives you some agency because the beauty of it too is like you know Perry and I are auditioning actors still like we had auditions while we were shooting you know there but it relieves that pressure from the waiting because in the middle of whatever else you have going on you have this thing to go back to to keep plugging away at so you feel artistically fulfilled and like you're growing and you're doing something because I think actors can become depressed when they feel un unutilized like they're not they're not creating anything and they're not generating anything and that was the best part of it um, and then it became something that was actually going to pay us that we were going to get to make and market. And that was beautiful. But for a long time, it was just like this warm blanket of this thing you could go back to when you felt like things weren't going well in your career. Good. I mean, good for you. It's, that, it's just so wonderful to, to hear. I mean, um, what role, what role have, have Amazon played? I mean, that, that's, um, that's a, that's a really positive thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we're available on Amazon Prime in the UK, um, which is great. And that is all through OutTV. So OutTV has got us licensed for multiple countries, but that um, goes through their channel. So I think I think you still have to subscribe to the OutTV channel on Amazon Prime UK to watch it. Um, but it's been wonderful. I was just reading this big report about all the streaming sites and who is sort of doing the best and um, Netflix obviously, and then Amazon Prime's right under there. And it's hard. It's funny because I'm a very analog person. Like I love to go to the movie theater and like we, we, because of COVID didn't get to do a big 
theatrical watch of the show. And obviously that was hard for everyone, but, um, but it's just the way the world is going, you know, like Mulan's going to be released on Disney plus online because they can't do a theatrical release right now. And yeah, we stream online. So it feels really good to, you know, I love television, but it feels really good to be getting in to the digital content world before that becomes our entire entertainment world. Who, who were your uh, heroes growing up? So all, nearly all my all, nearly all my heroes are American. So I've got I've got David Letterman on my wall there. I've got the cast of Cheers on my wall. Who were who, who were your heroes growing up? Um, I mean, I really really loved Gina Davis, and I still do. Um, I'm quite obsessed with her. Um, I loved Thelma and Louise, as I said. Um, I mean, the, I, Good Night is, is, I mean, she's incredibly nice, isn't she? She's just an incredible actress and she's yeah. such a force. And I just love that, you know, she's undeniably ridiculously beautiful and that's great, but it really is the least interesting thing about her. Like her brain and her personality and her charm and her, she just has, she appears from the outside to just truly know who she is. And I think that is such a positive role model for young girls. It was for me anyway. Um, and then also, I've read that um, at one point she was she was trying to get into the Olympic archery team, wasn't she? Yeah, she's an incredible athlete. Incre- I mean, incredible she's- athlete. Um, yeah, she's truly good at baseball. She like does her own. Yeah, she's incredible. And then, funnily enough, a, in Canada, she's much, she's much she must be le- much lesser known in the UK. But the actress who plays Molly's mother in Avocado Toast, Mag Ruffman. She was on a TV show in Canada for eight and a half years called Road to Avonlea. And she played this character called Aunt Olivia. And every girl my age and our mothers are all obsessed with Meg Ruffman. She was just amazing on that show. Um, And she also had a badass show that my mother and I used to watch on Saturday mornings when I was little called A Repair to Remember. And it was a tool girl show where she would go around the house and she'd show you how to like repair your sink. But she'd do it in a very, like, beautiful outfit with lipstick on and explain to you what she was doing. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And we did a play together and we met. She played my mother in the play and we became fast friends. But um, I was just over the moon when she said she would do the show. It's great. How, how is that? Because I've, I've had that happen. And it is, there's a, there's a comedian over here called Harry Hill. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Phil, who's such a hero to me, and then I, I ended up becoming his warm-up guy. And <laughs> did you ever... And so that even now to this day, after all these years, when, when Harry speaks and I'm with him, I'm still that teenager in my head going... Oh my God, it's Harry! But on the outside, I've got to, I've got to act cool. Can you relate to that? With, um, with I mean, I honestly, I because she's just become such a huge part of my life and like such a dear friend. I forget all the time, and then I'll like bring her to a reading of the script, or she'll come <laughs> on set the first day, and someone will come up and be like, "Oh my God, it's Santa Olivia!" I'm like, "Oh right, I forgot." Um, but she, she's just so down to earth. I mean, Canadian actors are though. They're all just very down to earth. We're all just doing our thing. But um, yeah, I feel very lucky anytime I get to work with her because she's amazing. We, there's a there's a comedian over here called Catherine Ryan who's Canadian, and she, I mean, she just, she she's totally backing up what you say here because she's one oh, yeah. of, one of the greatest comedians, but yet is also the most grounded, humble matter-of-fact, no-nonsense person. What is that about the Canadian psyche? Because, I mean, it's it's just the most admirable quality. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't really know. I think it's probably... It probably has something to do with battling the elements. I think we have, like, a severe inferiority complex when it comes to the UK, which is funny to me. Um... I don't know, like humble, but I think, I think I read this thing. I forget who said it. I hope it wasn't Margaret Atwood. Someone said that the United States is man versus man and Canada is man versus nature. So we just have to be nice to each other. We have to get along because we have to battle the elements. So I think, I think that has something to do with our personalities. I really do. Hi, I'm I'm just going to thank you for that gift because if, Canada and Canadians ever come up in conversation, I will be quoting that myself. Yeah, I forget who said it. Well, I've always said that America is. <laughs> um, now the, you know, this, I mean, the storyline itself is is, uh, is is so pertinent. It's so beautifully told. I, also, I love the way it's shot because it's almost like, and again, it's a huge compliment. I felt I was eavesdropping on your lives and that is, that's a deliberate uh, choice, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Our um, director of photography is Cam Roden, and he and Sam really, really worked a lot with the tone and the feel of the show, um, all the way up into color grading. And I feel like they they were really going for a bit of a muted, soft sort of look. So it wasn't in your face, and it was very natural. Um but yeah, I agree. I'm just, I'm huge fans of both of them. And I'm just like praying that they can come back to do a season two with us. It's, it's almost, it's almost, uh, it has an almost documentary feel about it, doesn't it? I, I feel like I'm, I'm all, I'm such a psychotic comment, but I felt like I was, your, by the end of it, I felt like I was your pal because I'd gone through all this stuff with you. And it, it's, you know, some shows you are aware that you're watching television or a movie, but with, but with this, there was that um, almost chameleon quality about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that, that, you know, Sam was really mindful of all of that with the performances, I think to the best of her ability. And then actors bring whatever they want to the table. But um, 
but I think that I think having a really hands-on director who who loves the technical aspects and the um, acting directing aspects of it can help give that cohesive tone and vibe to it. And I think Sam really nailed that on the head. Now, and obviously we want, we want as many people uh, to watch this as possible, but can, can you please share uh, just how, th- there are certain elements that are autobiographical, but there are certain elements that, that aren't. Um, but I mean, <laughs> but that, that itself is, is truly fascinating. Yeah. I mean, my parents will love me to say that although they were very beautiful to me when I came out to them, they have had a 40 year monogamous marriage. So that was fake. I just thought that was funny because you, you know, you, you, there are, and there are rightly so very many painful queer coming out stories, but I just thought, what if she builds up coming out in her head so much for so long? And then when she does it, her parents trump her coming out. <laughs> it just really struck me as funny. And I also just think it's like worth, I, I wanted us to explore every, you know, so many dynamics that are not conventional in the show. Because I think everything I will ever make is probably left-wing propaganda. Just trying to like normalize <laughs> Just trying to normalize things that I think are normal. Like, no, this is normal. This is all normal. There is no normal. Will probably be the underbelly of everything I ever make. But yeah. <laughs> um, but what also, and again, huge compliment. This is, this, this is a really positive thing. But we will, we the viewer, it's impossible for us not to be. <laughs> and I certainly thought it. The little, you know, if I was like a, a Charlie Brown cartoon in the in the newspaper, my thought bubble was. I wonder what my parents. Uh, what all my parents got up to? I mean, I imagine a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people will be having conversations, you know, very uh, open, candid uh, conversations with with mums and dads about everything, and that's that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and that was the goal of the show. Like we, you know, we wanted to open conversations. It's like, you know, having the having the teacher character was great too because, you know, when you're you're a kid, you're a child and you see your school teacher outside of school and it feels so alien to to put the concept together that they actually have a have a life outside of teaching you and I think, you know, we don't really talk to our parents like you know for many good reasons we don't really talk to our parents about their sex lives but I just think sort of demystifying or destigmatizing all of these conversations could maybe help to having less homophobia and less division between groups you know it, it is definitely awkward but I just find it like sort of deliciously awkward and and I think it's really funny when people are awkward so I think I think it changes I think it changes the world I, I mean if if every, you know if every single person every street were, were having these conversations I just think the yeah. walls of division would just naturally come down me too and I just you know I don't I'm, I I I'm not sure if the UK is, no, it is. It is. I mean, I, I come from a European family as well. And just these concepts in film and TV where, you know, in definitely in North America, it's fine for your 10 year old to sit and watch someone's head get blown up. Like that's so norm violence, terrible violence and rape are so normalized as plot conventions. Um, but just an honest, loving conversation that's what feels taboo or awkward like that's really backwards to me and something that I would like to create content to to better 
I mean, that is, that is so true. I mean, the, the, the topics you mentioned there, there are so, I won't name the shows, I'm sure we're both thinking of the same show, where like, the most graphic things, the most gra- graphic depictions are, are, are almost like a weekly occurrence on, on certain shows. But like yeah. you say there, I mean, not, not so long ago, I mean, Ellen, all right, I know she's in the news for very different reasons right now, but like when, when Ellen came out on the sitcom, that at the time was seen as the most shocking thing imaginable, wasn't it? She was on the cover totally. of all the magazines, all the, you know, it was... Yeah, was, she's was lost like her career. Event. Yeah, just lost her career overnight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and the United States has a very specific relationship to all of that stuff, um, very tied into religion. And I, I, I feel extremely grateful to come from Canada where we ha- definitely have issues, but I feel quite confident that even if our most right wing extreme conservative government gets in, we would never reopen abortion debates or same-sex marriage debates like I feel like for Canadians even the most conservative those conversations are done like we're ready to keep moving forward so um but you have to continue the conversations and keep having them and I feel really happy to be a part of the show that that does that do you so so regular listeners will know that uh, this is almost a catchphrase I have a soft spot for people who've, who've done the hard yards obviously who you know someone from nowhere is is handed the lead in the mega blockbuster and it's the first thing they've ever done congratulations but people who've you know they, they, they've taken years to get there there's you know I've had people on here so like Regina King had spent years on this tv show before she got a big break so we so I know with you um there was a show called Rain and you play you play servant girl number two and this was this was in 2014 so yeah. in the space of six years which in in showbiz is is that isn't it it's nothing I mean, could you ever, in your wildest dreams, had you had that idea for this show now, could you, in your wildest dreams, have ever envisaged that you would be the lead and creator uh, of, of such a seismic show as this when you were just those those short few years ago? No, I'm, no, I don't think so. And I think the concept of creating it myself was so foreign to me. Like even remembering like that, yeah, and that kind of representation and that remembering the audition for that show just makes me cringe, you know? I was so focused on shoving myself into some box that somebody else needed that made sense on a breakdown. And, you know, I, yeah, I've just grown so much as a, as a woman. And, and, you know, Michaela Cole is obviously an incredible inspiration for many female creators at the moment reading her articles about saying no to really big deals because she knew it wasn't going to be done the way that she knew it needed to be done. But at that time, I literally would have just done whatever someone said I needed to do to get a job. And it gets so twisted because the, the origin of it is I wanted to do this to help make the world better. I genuinely had this altruistic theater school job where I was like, theater can save the world. Cut to living downtown Toronto auditioning for things like rain or whatever, I spent most of my money and my time doing my hair and my makeup and feeling like I wasn't skinny enough, you know? And and a project like this completely changes the world for me because, you know, it, it does make me feel like I'm doing something really important. Like I made a rule for myself that my character was not going to wear makeup. So I didn't spend any time in a makeup chair. I got to set, I warmed up, I focused on my scene and my lines 
And I did my job because I wanted to create representation on screen of women who didn't look perfect because I feel like that's the only way that women are going to get the chance to play parts who aren't perfect is if we create them and, and represent them. But yeah, that was a great question. Sorry. No, no. I'm so glad you saved me because I was waffling so much. The voice in my head was going, where are you going with this? Uh, (laughs) Was there a, uh, was there a, was there an epiphany, a specific moment where you said, right, I'm, now I'm going to become a creator? No, no. Well, I mean, uh, I feel like I've always been a creator in ways, but to create something that other that I'm going to market and pay other people to work on and all of that. Oh, the, the, something really, really interesting is... It's funny because you can do so much in your bedroom with the door shut. You can, I can create like the best feature film that has ever happened. And I'm so moved. And I think I've really, really done something incredible. But you really have no idea until you share it with someone else because it's a shared art. And you see how it lands for them. And, you know, Perry and I wrote the first draft of this basically as therapy because we wanted to hang out and work through our issues. Um, and we were trying to make each other laugh while we were doing that. And then we submitted the first draft to something called the Kale Turnin Awards in Toronto, which is named after a Canadian actress who passed away. And we got shortlisted. And that was sort of the first moment we were like, okay, a panel of people who have been doing this a long time think that maybe this has legs. So maybe we should focus on it more. And we really did need somebody else to say like, yes, there's a kernel of something interesting here before I think the fire was really lit for us. And that's extraordinary. The fact that that it's 15 minutes as well, was that that a deliberate artistic choice? Because there's something um, fresh about that as well, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, we definitely wanted to live in the world of web series. So our initial goal was actually... 10 minutes an episode um but it just was way too hard in the editing room there just was like no there was no way um so then it turned into 15 which is i think it was initially supposed to be 12 minutes per episode um but yeah i think i think we're gonna try to hit 12 minutes for season two because it's sort of a sweet spot we found i think where it's not too long but it's not too short and the, the genius thing with 15 is, or, or, you know, and indeed 12, is that when it finishes, you can go, yeah, one more, one more. You know, rather yeah. when it's an hour, there are times when you're like, Ugh. but uh, yeah. with, with this, you can really zip through it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely have like a half hour episodic brain when it comes to television. And I'm like, just trying to get into this web series um, uh, vibe. But I, it is really satisfying because you get to see all these characters have a full journey and not very long. Um, yeah. So be, be, before you go, what, what can you share about series two? So that's been greenlit, I take it. Yes, it has been greenlit by out TV. We are still trying to get the rest of our funding together. Um, we are, so the, the actor who played Jordan, Jonathan Jordan, Elle's assistant who she could never remember his name. Um, we just completely fell in love with him on set. He is such a wonderful actor. And I asked him, I asked him like after he auditioned, I was like, do you write? And he was like, yeah. And he sent me a short film that he wrote and it's hilarious. Wow. And so I had my eye on him for a while, but then I like two months ago was like, will you write season two with us? And can we write Jordan a bigger uh, story arc? 
Um, and he said, yes. So we've been, uh, Perry, Alex, and I have all been writing together with Annie Briggs as our story editor. And um, we are applying for something very soon. And we're hoping to be shooting next spring. That's, that's incredible. So, I mean, so to, to anyone listening who keeps telling themselves, oh, I, I should write that thing, you've, you've just got to do it, I guess, haven't you? Yes, just do it. And the thing is, you don't have to write the whole script. But you do have to put some time into getting a little two-page treatment together and know where the show, where you want the show to go. But a lot of, a, a good tip I just got recently was that like a lot of companies, they don't want you to have the entire thing figured out and all written already. They want to develop the show with you. So if you really focus on what makes your show unique, who the audience is and who the characters are, why you and why now, you can write a really strong pitch email and try to get some meetings. Um, so don't put the pressure on yourself to have the whole thing written. Just really understand what your idea is and try to find a team to, to work with. That's very cool. Um, last, I've done, I've done the classic Columbo trick of saying just one more thing and then ask it about 10 more questions. Um, may, may I ask, what, what do you do for, for balance? It's a question I, I often forget to ask. Um, so when you're not creating uh, beloved groundbreaking uh, TV, what, what, what are you doing for balance? Um, I mean, I think lately, which is probably common with a lot of people, the only thing that helps me recharge is nature. Um, living in London when the culture's gone is stark. It's a stark reality. It's, um, and I, I've been very grateful to, I just spent a bit of time up in North Yorkshire. I try to get around some sheep, some waterfalls, some trees, get in a boat, um, I try to do anything that reminds me that I'm an animal and not a robot and makes me feel small. And then I feel, feel better that I'm, I'm ready to strap myself to my computer again and, and go at it. How beautiful is North Yorkshire, by the way? Oh my God. It is so beautiful. It is the prize of England. It's, it's, it's glorious. I'm from West York. I mean, I don't go back as much as I used to, but I'm from West Yorkshire, but uh, some of the, I mean, just some of the, the scenery in North Yorkshire is, uh, yeah. It's like the center of the universe sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, you can get lost in the more like it's it's just and it feels very different than Canada. It's still got this like huge nature component that's very overpowering, but it's just a different landscape. So I feel like I'm really getting a, a vacation if I go up there. Um Heidi, I can't I can't thank you enough for your, your generosity of time and, and spirit. So uh huge congratulations with the show and uh you are quite rightly very proud of it. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the chat. And thank you so much for watching. Bless you. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Take care. Thank you. Huge thanks to Heidi. Avocado Toast Series 1 is available to watch now on Amazon Prime. Uh, so if you are looking for that new box set, looking for a good laugh, uh, I would recommend Amazon Toast on the always, <laughs> always terrific Amazon Prime. Amazon, dude, get in touch. Uh, thank you as always. If you enjoyed the episode, uh, please spread the word. Tell your friends across the socials. We are at Balance LDN. I'm at James Gill Comedy. Uh, and again, thanks to those of you who've been coming to the Always Be Comedy online nights. We had Frankie Boyle uh, last night, Tim Vine recently, Rachel Paris, many, many more. Uh, so uh, hopefully, I'll see you. I'll see some more of you at those. Uh, that's AlwaysBeComedy.com, uh, and then. Heidi, away away from Amazon, away from Amazon, away from Avocado Toast. 
uh, I think we can all keep an eye on Heidi. I've got a feeling she'll be, uh, I think she'll be a fixture in a lot of things uh, in the in the coming months and years. Really, uh, a, a top top talent. So huge and heartfelt thanks again to Heidi and to everyone who made that happen. Very grateful indeed. Uh, see you soon. Take care. Bye bye bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.